You're listening to Dr. Lana and Detective David Love. The Universal Soul Love Show. The Universal Soul Love Show. Increase spiritual awareness. The Universal Soul. Advanced personal growth and development. Explore the hidden mysteries of the universe. The divine feminine essence and the sacred masculine source. The universal soul Promote the message of universal love. The universal soul love show. Hello, this is Universal Soul Love. I'm Dr. Lana Love. This is Detective David Love. It's a program that uh, brings you uh, focuses on spirituality, cutting-edge environmental issues, and all other topics that are to do with uh, raising the consciousness of the planet. So welcome to Universal Soul Love. Today our special guest is Michael Reynolds with Earthships. We're so proud to have you with us today. Michael is the father of Earthships. Uh, Michael is an architect who has uh, invented the most amazing houses possible. We're so happy that you're here with us today, Michael. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Michael, tell us about Earthships for those people that don't know what an Earthship is. Well, an Earthship is it's a, it's a concept building. Uh, I really call it a vessel. It is a vessel that encounters the natural phenomenon of the planet to achieve sustenance for people. That's the short version. It's basically like a self-sustainable home that um, I believe it's made from recycled materials and uh, also has its own plants and the water's recycled and it's almost like a house with a permaculture mm. included in it, isn't it? It's like yeah, an ecosystem. Uh, it is. It's like a little biosphere. It, um, I, I have, uh, from my observations of uh, humanity on this planet, I've come to the, the uh, conclusion that there are six things that humanity must have. You know, uh, these are things you must have to be to have a life to live, and of course, it's water, and it's comfortable shelter, and it's electricity, and it's something to do uh, with your sewage, and something to do with your garbage and food. You must address these things, uh, or else have the government or corporations address them for you. Uh, in order to have a life, you have to address these things. So when I decided that those were the things that we must address to have a life, I decided to make this building that I call a vessel, an earthship, address them for me. So that's what I mean. It encounters the sun for electricity. It encounters the sun and thermal mass and physics to give you comfortable shelter. It encounters the rain to give you water. It encounters uh, biology to treat your sewage. Uh, it encounters this phenomenon 
that humanity has invented called garbage uh, to give you building materials that are indigenous to the entire planet. And it, it uh, encounters the phenomena of, of uh, food production from uh, the nutrients of sewage uh, to give you food. So it's encountering things for you, and it's, this vessel is providing uh, for your life. And it happens to also be in, uh, congruent with the activities of the planet. So it is in no way uh, damaging the planet. In fact, it's, it's, it's more like a tree. A tree uh, is in tune with and works with the planet, and so do these buildings. It's pretty alternative. I mean, you can't get more alternative, really, in, in architecture, can you? Uh, it's definitely alternative. It's an alternative to architecture so much so that I don't even call it architecture because I'm, I'm not thrilled with the way architecture is responding and stepping up to where we are on this planet. So I kind of invented a new profession called biotecture, and biotecture is the practice of encountering the phenomena of the planet for your life. And uh, architecture doesn't do that. Architecture is a bunch of buildings that are hooked up to grids and, and cost a fortune and cost a fortune to operate. And it's not moving fast enough. So I stepped out of architecture and invented biotecture. Amazing. Yeah. Now it's, uh, it's really taken off, hasn't it? As how, when was the first one that you built? How long ago now? Well, the first one that you could actually call an earthship was about oh over forty years ago, um, and um, then then I you know I I built parts and pieces. Um, I built a building out of beer cans, and then a building out of tires, and then I started making the buildings harvest water, and then harvest electricity, and then treat their sewage. I I was really kind of responding to the news, the media, the magazines, the television, and the news, you know, they talked about garbage being a problem all over this planet. They talked about it in the early 70s and mm -hmm. that it could be a real problem. And now, of course, it is. They talked about clear-cutting timber being a real problem in the future for the oxygen of the planet. Yes, that came to pass. Mm -hmm. So as the news kept talking about sewage problems, water problems, energy problems, I started addressing those in my buildings and then I formed this opinion that the buildings need to be more than buildings. They need to be vessels that we sail in on the earth, much like a seagoing vessel, much like a spaceship vessel. Uh, we need vessels that provide for us directly from the sun and the, and the rain. And, and there's no middleman. There's no infrastructure. There's no money price that you have to pay each month. Um, that's, and, and I'll tell you another thing, it's the reason a lot of people are these days at least looking in this direction is because it's so, we're, they're sort of insecure about will we have water for our children? Will we have electricity? Will we have energy to keep us warm? There's questions about that out there uh, considering how the world is being run and, and what's going on these days. So the most secure way to live is directly from the the uh, powers of this planet. Mm. 
That's amazing. Um, I remember hearing about Earthships uh, when I first got on Facebook about four years ago and we formed a group and uh, there were people talking about it. And I had no idea what an Earthship was. I couldn't even conceptualize it in my mind, but uh, I realized what a big movement this has turned into and how many people are interested in Earthships. And I'm, I'm actually wondering how uh, well you're doing with it and how big it is at this point. Well, I've been doing this pretty much since... 1970 and it's gotten more and more involved and better i mean and I, I i've been doing it a long time so i'm getting pretty good at it and so as i was getting better and better at doing this the world was deteriorating to a place where it needed this more and more and now i'm kind of see that i'm in the right place at the right time with this and but over the years i have i have seen it just it's crescendoed every year it's getting more and more we have a virtual army of, of people that that want to learn and are learning how to build airships around the world in every country uh, I can go to any country and put a, an army together of people to build a project uh, and they want to do it and they want to learn and we have an airship Academy and it is growing uh, it, it's growing you know it's it, it's a little faster than we can keep up with but in, in view of the fact that we're getting an army together, uh, everybody's helping. And it, it is just a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a phenomenon now that we're, we're just holding on to it. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. That's fantastic. Mm. It's, uh, I believe that you're located in New Mexico. Uh, yeah, we're in the northern high country of New Mexico. We exist at... At uh, 7,000 feet, that's, uh, you know, like 2,300 meters uh, in elevation. So it gets severely cold here, and it also gets very, very hot. So we had to develop these buildings to be able to cool themselves and heat themselves, and that was perfect because that way they can go all over the world. We have them in almost every country. We have them close to the Antarctica in Ushuaia. Really? We wow. had them very far north in Canada. Uh, we have them, uh, you know, really, we're, we're talking about one now in Helsinki. Uh, we have them on the equator. Uh, we have them everywhere. And there's no part of this planet where we can't do it. And because we can use parts of the planet that have no infrastructure, no electric lines, no sewage lines, no wells, nothing, nothing. We go to places where there's nothing and in, encounter the sun, the rain, the gravity, the biology, the physics, and all of a sudden we have a life. We have flush toilets and showers and high-speed internet and electricity and comfort, and um, we can do it anywhere. We, we recently did it on an absolutely deserted island in Indonesia where there was nothing. Now we have two bungalows there that uh, are actually vacation spots. That's uh, that's just amazing, yeah. just amazing. I I was uh, watching on the internet one of your houses, um, one of your uh, Earth ships called the Phoenix. Uh, I believe it's it's uh, just uh, what well, one of the more amazing, elaborate ones. And I was just gobsmacked that outside there was snow, um, obviously very cold. Inside, I believe it was somewhere between seventy and a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Um, you know, green plants everywhere. 
um, fish, birds, um, just a, a real sanctuary. And I, I'm just gobsmacked mm. by the fact that you can actually have something so hot in an environment mm. that's so cold. How long did it, it take you to work out how to do this? Well, I'm still learning, but I mean, I've been doing it for 50 years and, and it, you know, I, I broke it down into learning how to catch water, learning how to harvest electricity, learning the thermal dynamics of, of the physics of, of, uh, you know, uh, storing temperature and learning that there are about five materials that, uh, that we call garbage, cans, bottles, tires, cardboard, that are absolutely indigenous to the whole entire planet. And these materials occur everywhere. And there are major building materials. I, was, I just came in from beating dirt into tires on a, on a building right now and laying beer cans uh, for a masonry wall. I mean, everywhere I go, I go to Indonesia, I go to Australia, I go to Alaska. There, these materials grow there, essentially. So they're not garbage. They're natural resources of this planet, and they're free. People want to get rid of them, and so it's it's just uh, it it's just the perfect scenario to uh, to to be able to relate to these kinds of things that nobody wants and that are free, like the sun. I mean, see the the thing I like about say the sun, the rain, gravity, wind, uh, the sun is honest. No politician or corporation is honest. The sun is so honest that it'll tell you right up front, you go naked in the Sahara Desert for five days, I will kill you. <laughs> it's, it's honest. You know, or if you relate to me properly, I will give you heat and you can store it in your building and I'll take care of you. It's up to you how you relate to me, whether I kill you or whether I save you. And that's honesty. That's the truth. These buildings are the truth. Whereas, uh, you know, corporations and nuclear power plants and uh, there's so many lies and promises and, and corruption and destruction of the planet. I was recently in Japan and, uh, you know, they're freezing there because their nuclear power plant is down and their buildings aren't insulated well because they had an abundance of nuclear power. And now they don't have uh, much nuclear power. Uh, one plant is completely down, and uh, they need electricity, and they're cold. I was there. I was in a five-star accommodation, and I was cold. I put my hat and coat on first thing in the morning when I woke up. These buildings are always in Celsius around 20, 21, in Fahrenheit around 69, 71. And they are they are beautiful. I wish I had the photos mm. here yeah, to to show yes. people. Yeah, very the, uh, I'm saying, you know, you put uh, parts of the glass bottles in the wall, and the, the light filters through. It looks really impressive, and the the um, aesthetically, they're very nice. That's they're not right. just like tire tire huts. <laughs> they're, they're very creative, very mm. artistic. So. Uh, and uh, something I, I wanted to ask you is another garbage product that we have a lot of is plastic. Have you um, have you been able to use plastic in the Earth ships? We use the plastic bottles for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we, we use plastic here and there on vapor barriers, under the tires and things like that. So we're getting more and more things that we can use. Uh, we, we just, now that we're in this frame of mind, Anything there is in abundance, 
you know, you just start thinking of how you're going to build it into a home. I have to say that um, in the very beginning, all of these techniques, the bottles, the cans, the tires, I, I would say I started out with what you would say uh, it was a contrived effort to recycle. Mm. But now that I've been doing it as long as I have, these, there's, there's no brick that's made better than a bottle. A bottle will last forever. There's no brick that's made better than a tire pumped up with earth. A tire will last. They, what they call them now is, rate, you know how a, a rubber tire is, is got steel belted, you know, it's steel belted inside the rubber. They mm -hmm. call them the reinforced rammed earth bricks. And they weigh about pounds. So when you call them that, you're not building a rubber tire house. You're building a, radi a house made of radially reinforced rammed earth bricks. That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's the way the garbage stigma right there. That's amazing. That's pretty good. And uh, I guess the, the rubber ab absorbs the heat as well, doesn't it? Well, it, it does to some extent, but the, the major issue is that that is simply a jacket to hold compacted earth. So it's the compacted earth, 90% compaction. It's a brick of compacted earth, very dense. Dense matter holds temperature. Okay. It's um, amazing. It, uh, with the academy, I believe people can actually come and learn how to do this and become, yeah. um, you know, masters themselves of, of building. How, how long does it take to mm. learn how to do this? And is that only in the U.S. that that's offered right now? No, we just did an academy in Argentina and <laughs> built a school. We built a school with the academy, and the school was just turned over to the community, and now they have a little uh, grade school for the kids in that community, and their school is sustainable. They walk in the school. There's bananas growing. The school heats itself. Wow. Oh, it's good uh, the, the school, the very act of sitting at your desk or walking in the school is an education. And, of course, they teach reading, writing, and arithmetic, but – they're flushing their toilet with used water. Their, their, their water they drink is from the sky. The electricity that makes their desk is coming from the sun. The building is built with garbage. They, they see all of this and they understand it. And it, 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 these kind of kids will be brought up to really mm -hmm. save. Right. That's what, right. what a wonderful they'll education. Be, they'll be brought up with that kind of mindset, which is perfect. That's right. It's, a, it's an educational lesson in and of itself, so that's really good. Um, so basically you, you need no input from anywhere else. Everything's no, recycled. And I mean, some of the buildings will cook. A lot of people like to cook with natural gas. Uh, so they'll cook. They'll do the cooking with natural gas. That's about it. Uh, we can, we have some of them that have solar ovens and 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 cook with induction electricity from the sun, but they're the ones that cook with gas. They have about a hundred and twenty dollar a year total annual utility bill. Wow, wow. that's amazing. That's, so that's fantastic. How long does it take to learn? how to do something like this so you can actually go and do it on your uh, own. You just read my mind. I was wondering how long it would take to build a simple, you know, family, you know, for, family dwelling with four people or something. For, for, for people that, you know, that have no previous experience with laying right. bricks. And or, they may be listening to this saying, I'd like to do this. How do I do this? <laughs> well, uh, 
the academy is a month-long course. So you you get here's how here's how it works. You it's it's pretty amazing. You get totally immersed. You we provide housing. The housing is older ships, older model airships. You live in dormitories that are older older model airships. You go to classes and have lectures on airships. And in half the time you're in the field building airships. In other words, you you can't get away from airships. And you do that for a month and you do know quite a bit. Our biggest problem with our academy is that at the end of the month we have another academy coming and half of these people in this academy don't want to leave. <laughs> That's our biggest problem. So we by that and you know this is a way of life. You you mm-hmm. it's a job, it's it's fun, it's exercise, it gets you a home. Uh people want this, they want to participate in this way of life as opposed to sitting behind a computer at a job you don't like, making money, stressing, traveling mm-hmm. to work, having to go to the spa to work out, uh, you know, having to have a hobby to just get your head away from your work, blah, blah, blah. This does everything. This is physical. This is mental. This is this is a livelihood. This is your home. Uh, it's 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 uh, exercise. It's everything, all rolled into one. And people people love it. It, it, it is more than just a sustainable building. It is becoming a way of life. Mm, mm. I I believe that you actually now have some communities. Uh, yeah, we tried several times on communities. And finally, one stuck. It, we we picked extreme locations, and and that was too extreme for people. We have a location now, 640 acres, uh, about 20 minutes outside of Taos, New Mexico, and it's set up for 130 homes, and there are about 72 in there now. And there's room for another, uh, you know, 68 homes or whatever, 60 some odd homes. So it is uh, it is a functioning community. And I believe I, I, I have, you know, in my travels and, and everything, I have not seen any other community on the planet that addresses all of those six things. Uh, in other words, it's absolutely off of every grid, power, water, sewage, uh, built with garbage, what we call garbage, and treating it, like I say, treating its own sewage. Every home produces a significant amount of food. So it is a community that if everything went to hell in a handbag, the people in this community uh, community can stay alive. Mm-hmm. Does it provide all of your food needs? It could, but it but most of them just auxiliary. And the reason for that is we're learning how to make more food in smaller areas. For instance, one of the, this is the kind of thing we're doing. It's just turning everything upside down. There is a plant that the Japanese brought to the United States in the Carolinas and the Virginias that is called kudzu. It's an invasive vine that just takes over whole forests, and they hate it here. They hate it because it grows so fast, and it just kills trees and takes over forests. The leaves are kind of succulent, and they happen to be very nutritious and even medicinal. We grow this in our greenhouses in addition to tomatoes and strawberries and everything else. But this plant can keep up with your appetite. It grows so fast. As a matter of fact, the only downside to this plant is that it may attack you in the night. 
and wrap around your leg and start growing. I mean, it's that fast. <laughs> Grows fast. It can uh, keep up with your appetite. You simply walk to your greenhouse and graze on it, and it grows right back. Yes, you can grow tomatoes and strawberries, and bananas grow like weeds, and we have tangerines, and we have grapes, and we have tilapia. Now, see, tilapia is another one. Tilapia, people hate tilapia because they are invasive. They, they, they multiply very quickly and take over a whole lake or a pond. They're illegal in New Mexico because of that. We grow them inside the Phoenix, and we grow them because they procreate very fast and reproduce and grow fast. And we throw a, throw a fishing line in the pond in our living room, pull out a tilapia and cook it, you know, with a fried banana right beside it. Wow. That's really something. So really there's, something. there's a lot of permaculture principles uh, going into this whole um, uh, way of building earthships, it sounds like, and the whole mentality behind it. Not that I know a lot about permaculture, but we've read a bit. Uh, yeah, well, permaculture, what they say is that earthships are the architectural version of permaculture. Right, mm -hmm. right. Definition. And, and for our listeners who might not know about permaculture, permaculture is a, an agricultural ecosystem that is sustainable and self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. And, and it also makes use of you know, perhaps uh, various aspects of, of the landscape. So, you know, a plant that might need, you know, more sunlight would be obviously planted where there's a lot of sun. And I guess you can do that with a home because there's mm. so many different corners and nooks and crannies of a home and different, I guess, um, aspects of it that might... Um, so it's a sort of a whole systems view of um, putting together... a in a home or a community or mm. anything like that, a living environment. So that's pretty yeah, amazing. It's, uh, it's it. The, I think the other the creature on this planet that it is as that is our mentor, our model, is a tree. There's a, a tree just it, <laughs> it encounters the environment. the The tree has leaves that collect energy. You know, it breathes out oxygen and that we need and it breathes in carbon dioxide that we breathe out. It has roots that go into the ground and suck up moisture and nutrients. Uh, it drops its leaves, its garbage. They aren't in wrappers. It drops them and they turn into dirt for more trees. Everything a tree does is just encountering the world around it and it has mm -hmm. become a part of the earth. As a matter of fact, nobody ever says there are too many trees, but they do say there are too many people. That's an interesting. Yeah, they, I, well, that's what we hear a lot. We hear a lot about um, we need to get rid of ninety percent of the population, or at least that's a some kind of conspiracy that's going around depopulation scheme. And I'm thinking, you know, what we do here in Universal Soul Love, of course, one of our mission statements is building self uh, self sustainable communities and a self sustainable lifestyle and promoting that. And I feel that all of the solutions are out there, and that's just a garbage statement to say that we need to get rid of people because there are too many people and the planet's overpopulated because we have people like you here now telling us that all the solutions we need are available to correct most of the problems on this planet and maybe in a short period of time, really, in a matter of decades, I would say. I fully believe that if we understood this planet better, it's eighth grade biology and physics, but we are not really 
allowed to to think about it, it seems like. Uh, but I think we could fully uh, enhance this planet like trees do. In other words, people could make this planet better rather than making it worse. We have that ability. You know, uh, trees are, so. you know, we don't even consider trees intelligent. And, mm-hmm. and to me, I think trees are at the top of intelligence. And I think humans are <laughs> at the bottom because trees don't need a nuclear power plant. You know, they communicate. They work with everything that is here. They are, they should be our mentors, really. Agreed, agreed. Mm. I like that. We've had this conversation with quite a few people. I'm thinking, we're not as intelligent. I think trees are probably far more intelligent than we are. They don't, they don't need the technology and they don't need our language. <laughs> I, I sometimes think intelligence is some kind of a curse or a test that if we, <laughs> if we can be wise enough not to let it, See, with, with intelligence comes ego, and we are very uh, arrogant creature. And a tree is not arrogant. Humans are arrogant. And so, if if we could be, I think humility is is the way, uh, the doorway to go through for us to learn how to live on this planet. Mm-hmm. It's so impressive that this is totally off grid. But one of my questions is the legality of it. I was really shocked um, to find out last year that there was a woman living somewhere, I, I believe, in a city, might have been Los Angeles in, in uh, America, that had made her house self-sufficient. Wasn't it and Florida? Was, was it Florida? Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, she was no longer having to use electricity or any of the sort of services. And I believe that she was taken to court because it's actually deemed to be illegal to be off grid. Yeah, there's a couple of states that are saying you can't be off grid. And the reason they say it is because they want to subsidize the, the power plants and cause people to have to pay for them. Uh, but I mean, I, I have done a lot of uh, being an outlaw, fighting the law, joining the law, which was disgusting. I, I, you know, I actually got went to the legislature for four years and and uh, tried to make a new law, and I did, uh, but it d- that didn't work either. Now I I'm at the frame of mind of uh, transcending the law, transcending the whole situation, transcending our reality, and you can transcend it if you you know you you we don't we don't fight the way things are, we just transcend it, and the and the way I. The way I, the graphic, pragmatic way to make an example of that is if you have a dog and it has worms and you try to give it the worm pill and you try to cram the pill down the dog's throat and it bites you and spits it back up and it won't do it. But you want that dog to have the worm pill. So you take a ball of hamburger and you put the worm pill in the ball of hamburger and just throw it at the dog and he catches it in his mouth and swallows it whole. Um, mm. the, the hamburger is, you know, the worm pill is what we do. The hamburger is what we have to dress it up in to transcend the uh, powers that be. And so that's the way we do it. We, we don't fight them. We give them what they want. Ours mm-hmm. is just a little pack inside of it that gives us what we want. Yeah, Leonard and I advocate that method as well. A lot of people talk about ascending out of the matrix and escaping the matrix, whatever, whatever meaning you give to the matrix, whether you call it the corporate systems or the government systems. Um, we think that ascension means that you're just ascending into the higher levels of the 
dark matrix. And I, we've talked about transcension, which is stepping out of the matrix altogether, rising up out of this. They can do whatever they want. We're not participating. We'll do what we have to do, but we're going to do our own thing. We're going to have our own movement and we're going to become self-sustainable within the limits of the law in terms of, you know, what we're able to do and uh, just keep doing it. So how, how does that work with trying to go off grid in states that where that's illegal? Well, th there aren't many. I mean, I'm, I work all over the United States and Florida is one uh, that that occasionally makes a stand for it. But it's not really, uh, you know, it's not really that bad. Uh, the, all, the Most of the rest of the states allow you to have solar power. Uh, you know, they allow you to have uh, uh, some of them have little rules, excuse me, <coughs> on uh, harvesting water or stuff like that. But um it's it's not um it's you're allowed to do it and we've been doing it long enough that we've actually got drawings that pass building codes and you know we we can dovetail into what they need what they want and still give us what we want too we've actually put out an app called simple survival earthship it's on it's on your it's on your app store um, it has construction drawings and uh, 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 thinking. It has a book that has embodies all of the thinking uh, we're talking about. And it has about 12 sets of construction drawings for very simple earthships. And uh, it works. So we put it out. It's, it's um, you download it. You, you take the app and you find a set of drawings that you want and you uh, send them to your laptop and then print them out. You got a set of construction drawings. Wow, that's a great Excellent. gift to humanity. Mm. That's amazing. How long does it take to to make one to make a simple earthship? Well, we're starting. We are. We just started a simple survival with our academy students. It's a it's a one room studio building with a flush toilet and a shower and hot water and you know all the amenities. But it's small. It's not a tiny house. It's much bigger than a tiny house. But it's it's a uh, it's a one-room uh, studio with a greenhouse building, and we started. We have been working on it five days. We'll we we could have it done in three weeks. And that's how how many people? Uh, we have about oh seven or eight people working on it. Three weeks. That's good. That's yeah. really good. What um. Is there any way to convert your current house into an Earthship? Well, it's called retrofit. You can you can retrofit your building toward the Earthship concept. You can make your existing building harvest water. You can you can insulate it better. You can add a greenhouse. Uh, you can you can uh, add a greenhouse and start growing food. You can add a greenhouse that will treat your sewage. You can move in the direction of yeah. turning your house into an airship uh, to the point where you might be 75% off-grid. Mm -hmm. mm. That's, that's, really that's big. I mean, if, if we were to cut our energy uh, needs on this planet by 75%, that'd be fantastic. That would be. <laughs> that is amazing. And, and you're, um, you're sitting at the moment in your airship? This is an earthship. The lights are solar powered. Uh, I, I'm sitting in a room that uh, 
stays at 70 degrees. That's 20 Celsius all the time. No, no heater, no air conditioner. Uh, it has a, a, a rain harvesting system. All the water comes from the sky. Yeah, the, my office is just absolutely disconnected to everything. Mm. And and how do how do the Earth ships stay so warm? I believe that um, at least three walls are uh, they're not underground, are they? But they're they're covered up with Earth. They're mass. They're 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 really like two meter thick walls with insulation on the outside. So those two meters of Earth absorb the temperature and they hold it because it's a law of physics that heat goes to the cooler place. So the sun comes in your room and your air is warm and your wall is cool. So all the heat goes into the wall. And then at night when the air in the room gets cool, heat goes to a cooler place. So heat comes out of the wall and into the room. And that just goes on back and forth every day. And so it's just you're stabilizing your room temperature with the massive walls outweighing the airspace. Mm. Amazing. And some of the the architecture is just so creative and so beautiful. Mm. Um, it's it's really, it's really a, amazing to see. I wonder what kind of costs would a person need to start an airship, assuming they have that they own the land, I guess. Well, um, they're in, like the building I'm building now probably has $25,000 worth of materials in it. Right. And we're building ourselves, so that's it. $25,000 for a home, a small studio home, that'll absolutely take care of you. And, of course, the Phoenix has got a million and a half in it. So, you know, there it's, it's just like any kind of home uh, in terms of you can make a small, efficient one or you can make a grandiose one. They cost very similar to con conventional housing. The, the main difference being there is absolutely no utility bill if you want it to be that way in an airship. And that's the operational costs are pretty much zero. And so, you know, a lot of people have, have as much as uh, oh, uh, 20, 30, $40,000 a year in utility bills. So uh, this is not. Uh, any this these things have no utility bills. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And if if people want to learn how to um, how to do this, what's their best uh, way of uh, contacting you? Well, we have a website, Earthship.com. We have a Facebook site, uh, Earthship. Uh, uh, er, 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 it's Earthship, just Earthship Facebook, and we have Instagram and. Uh, there's things on YouTube, but Earthship.com is probably the best way to contact us. And uh, we, it has uh, the, the website. We have nightly rentals that people can come stay in and 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 on Airbnb, stay in an Earthship and and get a feel for what it's like. We have the academy that's uh, presented on the website. So you just go to the website and see. Okay, I've got two days. I'm going to go find out about Earthships. I'll go stay in one. And then when you're here, you find out about the academy and the intern program. And, and then we do academies all over the world. We just did one in Argentina. Before that, we did one in France. Uh, we did one in Uruguay. Uh, we did one in Ushuaia. Uh, we do them all over the world. We're probably going to do one in, in uh, Japan this year and okay. in England this year. Oh. And, and what's the cost of um, having an academy? We have a, 
a, a group that we're associated with called Ethereum, where we're trying to build a self-sustainable living um, community in uh, New South Wales, what would be the cost of, say, organizing an academy and, and building earthships and training people? Uh, you just have to have the land and have a budget that is enough to build a normal building. And the academy actually cuts down on your labor costs. And, of course, a lot of your materials are, are uh, you know, found materials. So it actually can, the academy can make your building be a little cheaper than it normally would. And uh, then you have to have a place for the classes and things like that. We're actually discussing doing an academy in Alice Springs uh, this uh, our winter. Okay. Oh, we'd love you to come to New South Wales, Australia. Yeah, yeah. We'd love to love to build an earth ship. Yeah, I think we've got a lot of people here who are very yes. interested in um, having an off-grid community. Quite a few, actually. Mm. Yeah. Very exciting to build your own house. Yeah, absolutely, it's a lot of fun, and that was yes. that was what George always said. Our founder, he said uh, of this other group, he was saying, you know, it's got to be fun and you know, built in the spirit of uh, teamwork and just joy. And, and it sounds very joyful to be able to do this, to build your own house and work together on a project like this. It is fun. That's what it is. It would also be very joyful not to have to pay utility bills. <laughs> you're, you're just, you're empowered. You know, exactly. you're not at the mercy of anything. And it was fun to do. And you find yourself wanting to help others get it, too. It's like the thing is the best defense on this planet from people to people and from country to country is is for everybody to know how to get their own sustenance for their mm -hmm. haves and have nots. Uh, if you help everybody within 500 miles of you have sustenance, then you can leave your door unlocked. Mm, that's right. Everybody's going to be happy. If everybody's happy, there's no war. There's no, everybody's exactly. got their needs met. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I believe that you have quite a few humanitarian projects going. Uh, yeah, we're, we're uh, in Puerto Rico right now. We're going to Puerto uh, Rico in a few weeks. Uh, we started building uh, wind-resistant earthships down there, hurricane-proof earthships. Right, right. uh, okay. We do earthquake-proof in Haiti and typhoon proof in Philippines. And uh, we're, you know, we're, we're making buildings that will stand up against the elements as well as be sustainable. And there we find when there's a, a disaster like that, we, I call it a hole in dogma because the people, they, they want shelter and water and sanitation and they don't care about rules and regulations. They just want shelter and water and sanitation. So we don't have to go permits or anything like that, approvals, nothing. We just go there and build. And we do a lot of it at our own expense. We get it funded with our students. Uh, we like Puerto Rico. We're arranging the funding for the whole thing. That's great. That Puerto Rico was actually on my mind when we started this interview. I was thinking, boy, we should do, you know, something should be done like this in Puerto Rico uh, because well, they're completely devastated. Happy. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds sounds like a, a marvelous idea. And, you know, people should look up your website and look through the academy and the tours that are possible. A completely new way of living in yeah, your own absolutely. earthship. And, and just, 
offering a solution to all the global problems that we're complaining about all the time. Yes, what yes. do we do about climate change? What do we do about the uh, impending economic collapse, if that ever happens, and uh, so many other things going on in the world? And, and this is a solution, and this mm. is what we're all about. Stop focusing on the problem and start focusing on the solutions. And there are many, and Earthships is certainly one of the big ones. And so, so glad to have you here to talk about this and just... You're, I mean, you're sharing, you're sharing enlightenment, really, I think. Is, it's is really fair it's, to say? It's, it's vital information, mm. vital information. So it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing movement. So mm. thank you for um, being so inspiring and, yeah. and coming up with these alternative ideas. Bringing it to the world. Amazing. Thank you. Lovely talking to you. Thank okay. you, Michael. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. This, this is Detective David Love and Dr. Lana Love from Universal Soul Love in Australia saying goodbye for now. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, Bye for now. Thank you.